0: If you have your Bibles this morning, if you'll find your place in Luke chapter number two, Luke chapter number two. Good morning. I'm I'm Pastor Mike. If you're a guest with us here today, we're honored to have you as we continue to pray, prepare and celebrate in the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ at his birth and then praying expectantly for his returns as we prepare in just a moment. We'll pray in preparation to hear God's word and to receive from it. Before we pray, I wanted to mention to you, uh, this week, many of us who uh, who are aware of these things, and if you're not, we'll uh, put some things on the website in the days ahead to help you. There's a, there is a true crisis taking place in foster care in Tennessee. This is not a new problem. It's not a new issue. This has been around for a long time. Seems like there's been... Um, Uh, not the kind of response that we would expect from uh, government leadership and others on this, but there's been a change now in uh, those who are uh, leading um, Child Protective Services. And with that came a new audit uh, and report to the legislature. So it was reported on this week. So there are many children today in Tennessee who are uh, suffering in the foster care crisis. So boys and girls who are here, it's so wonderful for you to be able to go home to be with your mom and dad, but there are boys and girls who are not with their mom and dad or their families today. They are under the care of the government uh, to protect them and to take care of them. And so I speak now as the pastor of this church and also as a a believer in Jesus Christ, also a a, uh, citizen of the state of Tennessee. Uh, The news reports... um, are supported by the audit, that there are over 9,000 children in foster care uh, in in, uh, the state of Tennessee. There's no no evidence that that will ever go down. It's continuing to grow. With the new commissioner in place, uh, who's just reported at the audit this last week, a number of very significant things came out of the report. There are not enough foster care families, permanent or temporary, in Tennessee to help with these uh, boys and girls. Secondly, there's a shortage of workers to care for and help with the children. The caseloads are great and and working with families is hard. There is stress, there is pressure, as we can only imagine. And if you've never done that work, some in our church have. Uh, It's an extremely stressful kind of work and what these workers deal with and what they have to deal with Uh, is very emotional and very powerful. There's also not enough places for children to be housed. So we we heard, which was very shocking to me this week, uh, taking me about a week to to calm myself down about it. So we have um, actually, uh, the solution has been, since we don't have enough places for children, we'll just let them sleep in state office buildings. I, I really don't think that's a solution at all. And send them to hospitals. Filled with viruses and others who are sick. This has been our solution, seemingly, as our government and child protective services. Uh, Dixon County also has some children who are sleeping in state office buildings. I want you to hear what I'm saying to you. I'm not pretending, I'm not just trying to get your attention, I'm not trying to be dramatic. I'm stating the facts. I'm stating the facts to all who are a part of this church. So what did I do? Well, I'm not going to ask you to do anything I wouldn't do first. So first of all, I wrote to our governor, Governor Bill Lee, for what it's worth and said, as a pastor, I'm praying for you as you deal with this crisis and for the legislature, but it is unacceptable to have children sleeping in office buildings with all due respect. And so I'm praying for you. We will do our part at First Baptist Church, Dixon, Tennessee, to support this and Uh, any endeavors you make for the future. I also wrote to uh, our representatives, uh, wrote to uh, Jody Barrett, uh, my concerns about this. Also, I wrote to uh, Mary Littlejohn about this issue, who served for many years on health and family services for the state of Tennessee in the legislature. I also uh, sent word to Dr. Randy Davis, who is the executive director of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board, saying, "Uh, Brother Randy, you know, uh, I'm just a country preacher out here. I have no idea what all we can do, but it seems that this is a time also for the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board and all of us who are part of this great fellowship of churches to do our part. And he and I are communicating back and forth and talking about some things perhaps we can all do together in the days ahead. So what am I asking you to do? I'm asking you to consider doing some of the same thing, if this matters to you. If it doesn't matter to you, you can go on doing whatever you want to do. I'm raising the issue for you as it's been raised for me. Uh, Lamentations. We've been looking at it on Wednesday nights. Jeremiah, in the midst of the tragedy and the destruction Utter destruction of Jerusalem and the destruction of the temple. Said is is it anything to any of you who pass by? Well, I was passing by and heard this on the news, and I have stopped. I have stopped, and intend personally, and if I can influence this church and lead you on this, we're going to do our part to help in this crisis. So, what am I asking you to do? Well, first of all, pray for these children caught in this crisis. Uh, They are innocent in this. They did not choose to be foster children. They didn't choose to be removed from their homes. Uh, You pray for these children. That's what you do as an intercessor. You pray for others who don't know how to pray. Some have have said, well, these children are having anxiety and some of them are are acting out. Well, what would you do if you were treated like this? I'm just asking you. You know what you'd do. The same thing. I'm going to be praying myself, and I'm going to ask this church to pray for the new leadership of Child Protective Services. Think of the name, Child Protective Services. Child Protective Services. Pray for the elected officials, regardless of their political party or yours, that they will come together and deal with this real human issue. Become a temporary or permanent foster care family if you are able. I have appealed to this church in years gone by. Brother Ken Metcalf and others that I won't name are either foster families now or have been. It is a challenge. It is a calling. But some of you may be called to do that. Stop and listen to the Holy Spirit. It'll take your time. You've got a lot to do at Christmas This week would be a really good week for elected officials to hear from a lot of their constituents about your feelings about what you've just heard me say, if you didn't know about it already. Email or call them. Email them or call them. Elected officials, pay attention to those who email them and call them. And express your concern and desire for them to act on behalf on behalf of innocent foster children in the state of Tennessee, pray that God will give our church some ways to do this, uh, to help, to help not only with foster families and these foster children as we're allowed by the government, but also all of these dear people who serve in foster child protective services right now who are overwhelmed. What do we do to help them? How can we pray for them? How can we support them? Now this is. We are a giving, ministering church. I am absolutely thrilled and excited in all that we do. We fed a thousand plus people a week ago. We we gave more in shoe boxes to children all around the world. We send missionaries. I'm for it. I think we should go to Southeast Asia. I think we should go to Cuba. I think we should go to the ends of the earth. But we ought to also go to Nashville. We ought to also go to Dixon and deal with this kind of real issue. So I'll have more to say to you about this. Perhaps more than some of you will grow tired of it. But for the sake of these children, that's what we will do. Is it anything to you, Jeremiah said, all you who pass by? Now, here we are for a moment at church. You're hearing the preacher talk about it. Are you going to just keep going? Are you going to keep going? Got a busy schedule. Got a lot on the calendar. It's Christmas time, Pastor Mike. Can't we get to this after the first of the year? I don't know. Where do you think all of those children are going to be during Christmas? Where do you think they're going to be staying? So I say that to you to say for you to pray about it and consider what you will do and as a church, we'll have more to say to you about In case you've been living under a rock, we'll have out on the website some of the news uh, reports on this so that you can go out and look at them if you've not looked at them. You say, oh, I don't know if I want to hear that, Pastor Mike. But you must hear it. You must hear it. Don't turn away. Don't pretend it's not real. Well, this is something that happens in California. What I'm reporting is happening in Tennessee. This is happening in this state. Being led by the government people we've elected to do these works and take care of children who don't have any other choice. So this is a true issue for us to pray about as a church. And we'll be speaking more to you about it in the days ahead. Now we prepare for the hearing of the Word of God. Heavenly Father, now we pause to think about these children. We think about How disturbed, how how much they're struggling, how angry, how bitter, how emotional they all are. We pray for them today. May, May, as we're going to talk about, may the peace of God through the Lord Jesus Christ be communicated to them and may they be encouraged. I pray for government officials who this very moment have the care of these unplaced foster children in their hands. Give them wisdom to know what to do. Help our government officials to put these children in good places, not office buildings and hospitals. Give give them the wisdom to have an interim plan as they work on the long-term plan. How I pray that the churches of the Southern Baptist Convention, the Methodist, the Church of Christ, all the other churches in this state will rise up in ways to help and say, we will come to the aid and help. And may government officials be willing to allow the church... ...of the Lord Jesus Christ to help, We pray that you might help us as a church... ...to find exactly what it is you would have us do. We pray for the workers. We pray for those who are in leadership. The new commissioner who has this task... ...a hundred days into her work... ...this un- overwhelming task. We pray for the governor of this state... ...that he will pay attention to this. In all of the busyness he has... ...we pray for our elected officials our representatives, that they will pay attention to this. They'll give, they'll give a very focused, immediate attention to it, even this week, Christmas week, for the sake of these children. We pray for Tennessee Baptists, that we will rise up and do it. Time will go on. We'll move to other things, and yet these children will still be where they are. So give us the wisdom to do what you would do, and grant us grace to do it, And give us the resources to do it with people and all the rest. If you have some of our people that need to be called out as foster families, then call them out. I know you will. And you will assure them and give them the resources to do it. Now we pray, Lord, that you would open our eyes to the Word of God. What we talk about today, that Jesus Christ is the promised peace of the earth, is so very relevant for us. This is the condition we face today. A world lacking peace, a peaceless world, a peaceless world. And may we see from what we read today the great news of the gospel that the Lord Jesus Christ, the Savior, has been born and now can provide peace to those who will come to Jesus Christ. Bless the reading of your word, and may the Holy Spirit be our teacher in Jesus' name. Amen. So we read together now, Luke chapter two, I hope you have your Bible's there. This is not a this is not a fiction story. This is not something that just looks beautiful on your Christmas card. These words. These words are historic words, historic facts, seen by eyewitnesses and recorded for us today. This is recording what happened, the day Jesus Christ was born, Jesus Christ, Son of God, Lord of all. In the same region, there were some, verse eight, shepherds, staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around him. And they were uh, around them, and they were terribly frightened, but an angel said to them, But the angel said to them, do not be afraid for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today, for today in the city of David, there has been born for you, shepherds, for you, a savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you you will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest. And on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. I point out to you that the angels now come to earth to speak to the shepherds. Not to the high priest of the Jews, not to the priestly tribe of the Jews, not to the Romans, but to these shepherds out on the night shift watching the sheep. They come and declare this glorious message and they sing praise to God in front of these shepherds in a field where they declare that Jesus Christ is the promised peace of God. You see, I'm standing here before people who are in all kinds of conditions related to peace. I'm talking about inner peace. I'm talking about the peace that keeps you together when your life wants to come apart. Today, I'm talking to some of you who are living in false peace. Be careful of your false peace. Oh, we sit back. There were people who woke up this morning. God nor the things of God nor church or anything about that even cross their mind. They've, been, they've gone to breakfast with their good buddies. They're about to go out and play golf or go hunt or do whatever they're going to do. They're going to do their recreational activities. They're at peace. Why, boy, I'm healthy. I've got all of this stuff. Look at all these things. Why, some of them even say, God bless them with it. I've got all of this stuff. But they have, they have no realization that they are not at peace with God. They are, they are under the wrath of God because they have not believed and been saved. They live in false peace, as a man said to me recently as I was witnessing to him. And he said, I know you're a preacher. It's kind of like patting me on the head. I know you're a preacher now. I know you're a preacher. But I really believe that if I just do good things for people, God's going to be okay with me. No, sir, God's not going to be okay with you if you just do good things. Unless you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you're saved, you're under the wrath of God and you will die and go to a devil's hell. That's the reality. Oh, the sadness of a world living with false peace. I have enough money. I have all my family. I have all of my possessions. I have my health. Watch it now. Watch it. Watch it. Your false peace will never get you to heaven. There are others today who are living without peace. They're living in utter depression, in total despair. They're living their life dreading the next day. And the sadness is in our world, the amount of suicide has increased, even among the young, at alarming rates. We have all kinds of experts telling us why. I'm simply saying to you that because people have no peace, they say, why even live any longer? That's a desperate place to be. And if you're in that condition, you need to reach out to us. Let us help you. Don't think that way. Let us help you. Let us talk with you. But there are others who are seeking peace. But they're seeking peace in all the wrong ways. They grabbed the bottle last night. They poured out that bottle, they drank out of that alcohol bottle. They sat with others thinking they were going to have a great time and party together. And they drank that alcohol because they want to calm the storm raging inside of them. But the alcohol won't ever do it. There are those who've reached for prescription drugs far beyond the time they should be using them based on what their doctor gave them. They even get so desperate, they steal prescription drugs from their own family and from their friends and they hide them. These are people who you'd think are respectable, who look seemingly just fine, but they're addicted to prescription drugs. I'm talking about people who live in Dixon County and the surrounding counties. I'm not talking about somewhere else. I'm talking about in America. I'm talking about right here. They're seeking for peace. There are others they can't even... They can't even get enough prescription drugs. So they take and ingest into their bodies all kinds of horrible, terrible chemicals. Because they cannot find peace. And then there are those of us in this room who have come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And we have experienced peace. We live in the peace of God. We have now peace with God and we have experienced His peace, which I'll take just a moment and talk about today. As we come to Christmas, this is the time we think about peace. And some of us who are believers, oh, be careful, my believing friend. Be careful now, don't be distracted. Follow the Lord Jesus Christ, be filled with the Holy Spirit, and you will experience the joy of lasting peace. You're going to need it for all the circumstances of your life. I've lived through many seasons of life. <clears throat> you need the peace of God when you're a young adult. You need the peace of God when you're a middle-aged adult. You need the peace of God when you're a senior adult. You need the peace of God when you're a child. And you need the peace of God when you're a student. This is what everybody's looking for, but the majority of the people on the planet are looking in the wrong ways and to the wrong places. Some have sought to be, have peace by just being religious. Or as I said, being moral. Well, we read today this tremendous announcement in verse 11 and 14. The song of praise that breaks out. For today is born to you in the city of David, a Savior Christ the Lord. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. You see, the angels now proclaim God's peace on earth to this very day through the Lord Jesus Christ. I have three things quickly to say to you about this. Number one, Jesus, the peace of God at his birth, is praised by the angels on the earth. Jesus, the peace of God at his birth, is praised by heavenly angels on the earth. Heaven comes to earth. The angels come from heaven to earth as the Lord Jesus is born on the earth, in the earth. Secondly, Jesus, the peace of God at his birth, brought the promise of peace to the earth. And finally, we see today that Jesus, the peace of God at his birth, gives peace to those who please God on the earth. I have just a few things to say about each of these. We begin with the angel's presence. Now, all of a sudden, here are these shepherds. Look, we don't know the weather forecast for the day. We don't know if it was cold and rainy. We don't know if it was... We don't know. We just know it's at night. We know in verse number 8, these are shepherds doing what shepherds do best. They're watching the sheep there in the field, huddling them together, doing what the shepherds know how to do. We don't know how old the shepherds are. We don't know if these are young men, old men, some mixture of the two. We don't know if they're Jews or Gentiles. We have some indication they must have uh, some Jewish understanding because the angel declares to them Christ. Christ, Messiah. That would be to all Jews they know. This is the promised one. I'm sure as these shepherds sat around, these men, they did what men do when they're out on a camping trip. They told a lot of lies about things that weren't true. They... They griped about their wives and what their wives were making them do. They were complaining about how hard the chief shepherd was making them work and not paying them enough. They were concerned and talking about the sheep and the different condition. They're just doing what shepherds do and all of a sudden there is this angelic creature standing right there among them. I don't know what it'd be like for you on your camping trip to have an angel show up. But I'm sure you would be shocked and afraid also. So here we see it. And an angel of the Lord, please notice, suddenly stood before them. Suddenly. Things have been going on. Life's going on. They've been doing this shepherd thing for all their lives. Some of them grown up being shepherds. But now all of a sudden, suddenly... Suddenly, an angel is standing with these shepherds and the glory of his presence, the glory, his heavenly glory, this creature, this glorious angelic creature. He's standing there before them and the glory of God, the light and glory of God shines all around them. While they're there in the darkness of that place. And what does he do? Well, the angel assures the shepherds not to be afraid. Did you see it there in verse number nine? Don't be afraid. This glorious heavenly creature made by God to do all of God's bidding and to serve God and to glorify God forever. Now comes to earth, dispatched to earth. Speaking to these shepherds, he says, don't be afraid. And he announces the gospel. He announces the gospel to them. He says to them in verse 11, For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. So the the declaration, the announcement of the gospel, the great gospel is this, that now Jesus Christ has been born. A Savior has been born into the world. This is what we say to a dark Broken, Peaceless world a savior has been born. There's somebody who can save you from your misery There's somebody who can save you from the lack of peace you have. there's somebody who can save you from your fear And your worry and your anxiety And your trouble and your affliction and his name is Christ the Lord the angels Speaking to them and announcing and all of a sudden Heaven has come to earth. The praise of God in heaven now is heard in a field in the presence of a group of shepherds. Suddenly, verse 13, suddenly now the one angel is joined by a multitude. I don't know how many it is. I don't know how large it is, nor what these heavenly hosts look like. But angels now are everywhere. And they are saying and praising God on the earth. Glory to God in the highest. I want you to think about this. When the Lord Jesus, the day he was born, heaven came to earth. And the angels declared it. When Jesus was born, heaven came to earth to praise The God who sent His Son. When Jesus was born, the heavens came down and praise from heaven came to the earth and was heard on the earth for His Son. And when Jesus was born, heaven's angels started their accompaniment of Jesus throughout His life. He was always there with the angels aiding Him. He was always there The angels go only where God is and where they're sent by God. And now the angels come to declare this one, this baby, this baby who is laying in a cattle trough with cloths is the Son of God, the promised Christ. They saw the glory of God when they went. Glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. This great praise of the glory of God now comes to the world in Jesus Christ. And the angels bring it. The Lord Jesus had the angels through His whole life. At His temptations, they ministered to Him. While He was there suffering at the end, praying if this cup can be passed from As He was in agony, struggling about becoming the sacrifice for our sins. He had angels minister to him. When Jesus was raised from the dead, the angels announced to the women that he's raised from the dead. When the Lord Jesus ascends to heaven, the angels accompany him. And when the Lord Jesus had ascended, the angel remained behind to tell the apostles and all of us who are here in the church today, why are you looking into heaven? This same Jesus who has gone from you will come again in the same manner. And he's about to come again to this world. And so here we see the glorious work of the angels. We see the angels work going on. All of God's people who belong to Jesus are helped by the angels. We see it all through the early book, uh, the early pages of the book of Acts. We see all kinds of examples where the angels are helping Peter and John as things are moving along. And we see to this very day, as Hebrews reminds us, that the angels are ministering spirits sent to help us. Who are God's people? Oh, don't forget the glorious work of the angels. Because you are born again, because you know the Lord Jesus Christ. The angels are amazed at seeing us and who we are. Experiencing salvation in Christ. And they are amazed at what happens to us. And they are also sent to help us. Praise God. You see, heaven now has come to earth in praise and glory for the Lord Jesus Christ. These shepherds heard the praise that only happens in heaven. Well, Jesus, the peace of God, brought the promise of peace. What's the promise? What's the promise here? This day born to you, verse 11, in the city of David is a Savior, Christ the Lord. You see, Brother Scott, the Pattersons read these words to us. Unto us a child is born. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, King of Peace, King of Salem, King Priest, Jesus Christ. This is whom you have bowed your heart and knee to. This is who you've surrendered to. This is who you've confessed as Lord. He is the one who is King Priest. He is the Priest King. How lovely on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who announce peace. That's what we go out and do. We go out and announce peace in a world that is peaceless and broken and terrified and afraid and filled with anxiety and worry and dread. We go, we go and we say peace from the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace from the Lord Jesus Christ. We come declaring that there is peace with God. How beautiful. On the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who announce peace and bring good news of happiness, who announce salvation. You see, Jesus Himself declared the good news when He stood in His own home synagogue and opened the scroll of Isaiah and read those glorious words from Isaiah, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has has anointed me. To preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim, release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind. And to set free those who are oppressed. That's all the workings of the Prince of Peace. You see the Lord Jesus Christ promises peace. Look, I don't need to give you, I gave you more current event comments than I generally ever give. But it is such a human crisis and human issue and human injustice, I cannot remain silent about foster care. But you see, our world is without peace. Our world is filled with suffering and agony. Our world is at war with God and people are at war with each other. It spills over into churches. How can the church of the Lord Jesus Christ be filled with people who are at war with each other? When we have surrendered to the prince of peace, enough with it. Enough with it. Set it aside. What blessed are the peacemakers. For they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are the peacemakers. When I have experienced the peace of God, I become a peacemaker. Not a warmaker. Not a troublemaker. A peacemaker. I do it in my family. I do it at work. I do it at the church. I do it with strangers. I become, what did our missionaries tell us? They went to India and they're looking for a man or woman of peace. When the world sees you in your neighborhood, are you known as a man or woman or a boy or girl, a student, as a person of peace? Do they see the peace of God in you? Do they see the peace of God coming out of you in the way you speak and what you do? As you do good for others, you see those without Christ do not know the path of peace. Romans chapter 3. When Paul elaborates on the sinfulness of sin, he says, The path of peace the sinner has not known. And I say to you today... With all of our sophistication, the path of peace is still not known, but only to those who are born again and know the Lord Jesus Christ. So today, the promise of peace continues to be given. And we're the ones, that's why we do Who's Your One? We're the ones who go and share the promise of peace through the Lord Jesus Christ. So it leads me quickly. So what is it that we receive As a result of believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm frustrated at times. Because there are times I'd love to fill the screen with lots of Bible verses. And give you all of these. It's just not possible to do it. So let me just give you the survey. And I'll do it quickly. But I want you to hear. Jesus the peace of God at his birth. He gives peace, listen to me, to those who please God on the earth. Did you read the passage carefully? Verse 14, what did the angels say? What were they praising and saying? They were singing, but they were preaching. Glory to God in the highest and on earth among men with whom He is pleased. Peace on earth for those who please God. You will never, ever have the peace of God If you do not please God. And the only way to please God. Is to be saved and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Repent of your sins. And live your life in Holy Spirit filled joy. That's where peace comes from. That's where peace will remain. That's where peace will stay. But you see those who please God. Experience the peace of God. Sometimes some preach and declare and read it as if, well, the Lord's come and everybody now gets to have peace. No, that's not what the Word of God says. You see, God is pleased when we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. I remind this church, you're very knowledgeable about your Bible. We have a very knowledgeable Bible learning church and I'm grateful for that. But I remind all of you today what Romans 5.1 says. We have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace with God. No more enmity. The day as a nine-year-old boy, when I believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, I certainly didn't know as much about uh, the the Word of God and and the Lord when I was nine years old as now. I've I've had teachers and tried to grow, but I knew enough to know that I was a sinner and I had to repent of my sin as a nine-year-old boy. And in order to get rid of all of that 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 was worrying my conscience, because, you know, I was a thief. I, I told boys and girls... Pastor Mike, before he was a Christian, when he was a little boy, he used to go steal stuff at the store. And boys and girls, I used to lie to my parents. I used to do bad things to my sisters, even though they deserved it. But I had, I did bad things to my sisters. And then one day when I heard the preacher preaching and I finally was listening, I knew I needed to be saved. And then I had peace with God because I believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. So all of you who are here today, no matter who you are, what your job whatever kind of dignity you might think you have or some kind of position of authority, I say to you all, whoever you are, you only have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the only way it comes. And the Lord Jesus promised peace. Over and over in the Gospels, these sweet, wonderful words from the Lord Jesus. Listen to this. He would say this to people all the time. Your sins, your faith, listen, your faith has made you whole. Stay with me. I'm just about done. Your faith, has made you whole, listen, go in peace. That's the order. That's the order. If you want to go in peace, if you want to live in peace, you must believe by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ that He can change you and your condition. He gives peace. He gives peace. What is the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace. Love, joy, peace. Oh, those three going together. They are the wonderful, blessed trinity of the Christian life. Love, joy, peace. Peace, joy, love. Love, joy, peace. Oh, in all the things that happen. Look, I don't know what will happen in all the seasons of your life. I don't know what you'll go through. But I know this. If you know the Lord Jesus Christ, you can experience the peace of God when you have the greatest of peace physical sufferings, emotional sufferings, affliction and troubles and despair. You see, that's what Paul meant when he said, if you are led by the Spirit, you are children of God. And he said, the mind, listen, the mind set on the Holy Spirit is life and peace. Pastor Mike, I'm not feeling the peace I used to have with him. Friend, what are you looking at? What are you setting your mind on? You setting your mind on the worry of the world? You setting your mind, have you become a troubled Christian? Have you become a troubled Christian because you're now focused on the storms and the troubles and the affliction? You're wringing your hands and saying, I don't know what to do, but you're not praying. You're not drawing near to God. You're not seeking from him his peace. You see, the mindset on the spirit is life and peace. The mind set on the flesh is death. Sure death. The Lord Jesus gives us peace, but I want to hear hear me now. Those of us who are followers of Jesus, an incredible kind of peace is in you. You know what it is? It is the very peace that Jesus Christ had himself. That is an unbelievable statement. When we look at the Lord Jesus in his gospel ministry, he was at peace. The boat's about to sink and his worried disciples, Lord, wake up. Don't you care about us? Isn't that just the way we pray? Lord, wake up. Don't you care about us? He was found asleep. You see, when you have peace with God, you can, oh, wait a minute. You don't even have to take melatonin. You can get a good night's sleep. It's real. It's true. You can go to sleep. You can lay your head down. And don't come to me after church and say, Well, now, Pastor Mike, I just, I, I don't have any problem going to sleep. Okay, fine. Congratulations. A lot of people do. You know the secret to a good night's sleep? You know, you know the secret to wonderful, sweet dreams? To have peace with God. Through the Lord Jesus Christ. Peace, the peace of God, and the peace that comes with God. The Lord Jesus said to his disciples, John 16, 33. I've spoken these things to you. He gave them his word. Listen, so that in me, you may have peace. In the world, you will have troubles, but take courage. I've overcome the world. The Lord Jesus has ascended to heaven. He's our high priest. He is our glorious high priest, our Lord to come. What I, I can be at peace because Jesus is alive and listening to me when I pray. When I draw near to him, I can count on this that he will help me. And Paul said this, the peace of God must reign in us, rule in us. Colossians 3.15. Listen, I'm talking to my church member, members, friends here. I'm talking to you. You're my friends. Listen. This is for you today because some of you, you're worrying, you're agitated, you're stirred up as a Christian. Colossians 3.15, let, permit, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts and minds. That's what you do today. What do we remember today? To those without peace, if you hear my voice, if you're here in this room, you'll never know peace. Until you know the peace of God that comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, there is a sweetness that comes from the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit of God possesses you as a Christian, there comes to be a different demeanor about you. Uh, Your mind changes when you become a Christian. Your mind changes. All of a sudden, your priorities and your desires and your passions and the things you want, all those things you used to care about, they just fade away. And the longer you walk with God, the less that you matter. Now I belong to Jesus and Jesus belongs to me. You sing it every day. And because you have a relationship with the Lord Jesus, oh, the peace. that in those of you living in the peace of God, keep following the Lord Jesus. Live by the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Believe that what He can do. He, he knows what you need. Draw near to God So that the peace of God will continue. And for those of you searching for peace. You're not going to find it in just accumulating possessions. You're not going to find it necessarily just in a relationship with somebody else. You're not going to find it by taking alcohol and drugs. You're not going to find it in sexual immorality. You're not going to find it in all of these things that the world pursues trying to have peace. You're not going to find it in entertainment. The only way you'll find peace is through the Lord Jesus Christ. And to those of you in false peace, is it going to have to take a terrible storm to shake you from your false peace? Is it going to have to take... What's it going to have to take for those living in false peace to be shaken and to look... For a Savior who can save them. Well, some of us are ministering to people who have had false peace, but now they're in a storm. All right, do your work. Do your work. Point them, take them to the Prince of Peace. Bring them to Jesus and say, if you want to have peace, here's the one you need. The Lord Jesus Christ. For today... In the city of David is born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. The reading of that is highest place, highest God. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, while in the highest on earth, peace among men. With whom he is pleased, to the praise of the glory of his grace, the Lord is near to the door. Oh, dear friends, can you change? Can you see the times changing, the seasons changing? Now we're in the winter time. Can you see the seasons changing? But you cannot see the signs of his coming, the signs of the time. The Lord is near, when you. The Lord said it. When you see these things. He is at the door. And so the church prays, come Lord Jesus, come Lord Jesus.